Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Bucket List Gamers podcast. This week we are doing a Rockstar special, I think it would be easiest to term it. So before we uh, get into what games are on it, I'll introduce my co-host, Eddie. Hello! He's here as always, and we are looking at four different games, and they're all out of sequence in the list to what year they came out, so anyone that's bit OCD you're not going to enjoy this first little bit but at 25 in in the list we've got Grand Theft Auto Vice City which came out in 2002 at 85 in the list we've got Grand Theft Auto San Andreas which came out in 2004 at 31 in the list we've got Grand Theft Auto 5 which came out in 2013 and then just because we didn't think it warranted a full episode on its own we've also thrown Red Dead Redemption from 2010 in there, which is 71 on the list. Uh, No sign of Red Dead Redemption 2, which is a bit of an odd one because it was definitely out when the list was made, I'm fairly sure. And it's generally regarded as much better than the first one. So I'm not really sure why it it didn't make the cut, but nothing nothing surprises me with this list. So, yeah, it's, it's not a big shocker. But I think in terms of order, we'll do the GTA games in the order they released, and then we'll look at... Or do you want to get Red Dead out of the way first? Because it's it's a complete outlier, isn't it? Oh, no, we'll do we'll do them in release order. So we'll do the Grand Theft Autos, and then we'll uh, chuck RDR in at the end. Right, so kicking off with Vice City in 2002. Uh, this is my personal favourite of all the Grand Theft Auto games. It's a franchise that I've grown out of love with as it's gone on I think I've played them all and I, I've enjoyed playing them all but I definitely love the earlier ones more so for me 1 and 2 are brilliant because I grew up playing them. London I think is massively underrated everyone forgets GTA London and it's a really good game. If, if you like the top down view GTA games and I suppose it's because we're from England, so we relate to the London one more than we do the American ones. But GTA London's a really, really good version of GTA 2, because it's essentially a skin, isn't it, for GTA 2, with a load of British voices and levels thrown in and missions. But I really like GTA London because it does feel a bit more close to home, and we'll probably talk about it later, but I'd love it if they did another English one, or or at least part of the game set in England, because it's... I think the London was a bit of a weird one as well because all the other ones, unless I'm wrong, are set in fictional places based on real yeah. places. I was going to say they're based on real places, aren't they? But they are, yeah, they're not real, uh, real life locations. Whereas London, you could drive to Buckingham Palace and you could drive to landmarks around London at the time and it was laid out fairly, I don't know, I, I think it was, it, obviously they crunched it, it couldn't have been as big as actual London is, but I think it had been laid out fairly faithfully to how London is in relation to other landmarks and you could navigate around it as if you were actually driving around London. So that was a nice little touch. And then, yeah, GTA 3, I, I did like but i wasn't massively into because i didn't have a ps because it was ps2 wasn't it a really early ps2 game and i didn't get a ps2 until a little bit later in the life cycle so i didn't i played gta 3 a lot at friends but it wasn't ever one that i played loads myself but the transition from 2 and london to 3 was phenomenal i remember when my friend bought 3 he was we weren't old enough to buy it and we'd gone to see a show or something in manchester i think 
and we just so happened to be passing a game and he's like, I'm going to go and try and buy it. And they just sold it to him, no questions. And we were about, what would we have been? When did it, 99 was it? 2000-ish? So about 15. <laughs> yeah, so, and, and they didn't have any qualms in selling it to us. And yeah, I remember it being, you look back at GTA 3 now and it is, it's not held up particularly well in terms of graphics and controls. For the time, it was like revolutionary, wasn't it? And then Vice City came off the back of that and just improved everything, in my opinion. I see Eddie's not not agreeing <laughs> um, with me on that one. When I looked it up, they they've built they built Vice City in nine months, and my first instinct was you can tell because it looks shit, even up on PS2 standards, it looks crap. It doesn't look good at all. I, I get that they wanted a really tight turnaround for it and, you know, they've got all the 1980s aesthetics and stuff like that. Um, and it was supposed to be Miami, essentially, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. So it was like that sort of era. But at the same time, it, it don't look good now. It really doesn't look good now. And it didn't look great back then. And this was back in like sort of like the early days of bordering on open world games where you almost had a cover system in battles but you didn't that you couldn't do the uncharted thing of essentially attaching yourself to the cover and then popping over it and shooting you literally just had to press yourself up against a wall or zigzag across the battlefield and hope that the bullets didn't hit you and that you were good enough at aiming, but yeah, it's just a bit wonky, really. The the gunplay in it is incredibly wonky. I think it's because it was one of the early PS2 games that I got, and I had this. I remember distinctly, in fact, it can't have been it. I must have got, well, unless I just played it loads, because I remember my PS2 was dying when I was trying to play this game at one point, and my PS2 laser had gone, I think. So it was a case of put the disc in, it doesn't read it, eject, reload, and one in every sort of 50 attempts, it'd read the disc. And once it read it and it was in, you had no problems whatsoever. But getting it to actually read the disc was, it could be half an hour trying to get it to do it. And the three games I remember from that period vividly are Vice City, although it could be that I'd just been playing it for so long because I was obsessed with this game. I played it so much. Vice City, Burnout 3, I think it was, the last really good Burnout. And um, Spider-Man 2, I think it was, the PS2 Spider-Man, that was really good. Yeah, that was the really good Spider-Man game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah and I'd, I had those three in rotation, and I was off I was off school for some reason, or I didn't have college, or however old I would have been at the time. It must have been a summer, and my, I very distinctly remember my parents had gone away, and I'd brought the PS2 into the front room on the big TV. And me and a couple of mates just for like two weeks straight just played Burnout or Vice City constantly when we could get it to spin up. And that's like my enduring memory of it. And I loved that game because it, it's just so vivid and like opulent. And we've just been talking before we came on. Four is my least favorite GTA game because it's just so grim and miserable, and there's nothing nice about 4. Everything's depressing. Even the nicest cars in 4 aren't particularly nice uh, and aren't particularly good to drive, whereas in Vice City, nearly everything is like a flash sports car. 
you're really hard pushed to find a bad car in Vice City to to just tool around in. Uh, and I, that's why I loved it. And I worked out that you could, I can't remember what it was. There was some sort of glitch in it where if you went into the bookies, because it, it introduced buildings, hadn't it, that you could go into in Vice City. And three, all the buildings were just blocks that you drove around. In Vice City, certain buildings you could go into, so I think closed shops. There was definitely a bookies because you could back up horses. And I found this... I don't know what the glitch was, but basically if you went in and backed a horse and then drove to a certain place and came back, the horse nine times out of ten had won and then you could just back the same one and it just it went in like a loop. So to get money, I just did that for hours, just driving around. And I must have had rose-tinted specs because I thought it looked great when I was playing that. But yeah, there's some really difficult missions in Vice City. Some really tricky ones. I mean, the, the most infamous one, I think, is the remote-controlled plane one, which... You have to fly a remote control plane in a very, very specific tight time limit through some checkpoints. And that yeah. took me so long to do. And I think there's a trick to it. There's like a knack to it. And if you know that, it's easy. But without that, oh, it was like hundreds of attempts to try and do that between me and my mates. And it, the, I remember when we actually did it and the sheer joy getting it done. And then the the panic of we need to get to a safe spot just in case something happens, was very real. And I remember there being another mission where you have to... It's going back some years, but I think you have to rescue Lance Vance, the uh, the guy that you're friends with, and I think you end up turning on each other towards the end of it. You have to rescue him from the mall, but there's like hundreds of people gunning you down, and then the police come after you as well. And he gets killed. It's another escort mission where it's nearly impossible because he just has a death wish and just runs into bullets and in front of cars. And I found the easiest way to do it was to literally drive a car into the mall and get him to get in it so he was a little bit protected and then drive that out. But that was another one that took umpteen goes to actually do it and dying in the same place over and over and then having to do the drive to because the first bit of the mission was to drive to the mall and it was quite a long drive. So just that, that monotony of doing that bit over and over again, only to die at the action stage, which I think is one of the big flaws of any GTA game for me. Yeah, I. Th- it's sort of what kills it for me in terms of how I engage with GTA. I've never been a massive fan. And most of it is because you end up, the, they're always slow starters. And I'm assuming that if I got eight hours in, I'd probably end up loving the game once I got into the story and into the characters. But it's the initial trawling back and forth between locations, and you end. And there's some games in the series where you get like toll booths, and you end up having to drive through, <laughs> and you have to stop, pay the man, and if you if you don't slow down and pay the man, you get a wanted level mid-mission, which doesn't help. And after like several attempts of failed missions, you just realise, I'm commuting in a game. <laughs> I-, I am commuting where I-, I literally play games to get away from the fact that I commute for work and I'm sat here in f***ing traffic. <laughs> that is all I'm doing. <laughs> and that's, that's yeah. kind of what puts me off. It's a double-edged sword with the way the missions work because if it's the first time you're doing a mission and you get the dialogue as you're driving somewhere, it's it's good. It it helps you avoid the thoughts that you are just commuting, like you say, because you get the little bit of storyline while you're driving around and it makes sense that you would do that. But then when you die during that mission and have to hear that dialogue 
20 times because you just can't do the rest of the mission, then it becomes a chore. And I know they did fast travel in some of them where you can like hail a taxi and stuff, but you can't do that for missions. So you have to sit through those dialogue lines over and over and over again if if you're struggling on a mission. And I think, yeah, that's that's one of the bits I really don't like. It would be nice if there was a checkpoint when you drove to where you needed to be. And when you died, it just respawned you there, which I know is against the idea of the game because it's meant to be, and I say realistic in the most air-quoted way possible, because it isn't, is it? But yeah, it's meant to feel like you go back to square one or if you get if you die you come you walk out of a hospital for example if you get arrested you walk out of the police station and they've taken all your guns and some of your money and it's meant to have that air of realism that you're not just respawning in as as the same character five minutes earlier but yeah for me i think they could implement or at least give you the option to say skip this part and go straight to the next part of the mission yeah, um, with you with you saying sort of like the the realism side of it. I mean, it is the way GTA does it is it's very it's very clever in the way that it does it. It does its storytelling because um, a lot of video games it's all like you are sort of either a predestined hero or you have some sort of heroic quality about you. You're either saving a, a country or you're flying into space or just anything, but you are the protagonist in the story that you're in. Whereas in GTA, all the characters are thoroughly unlikable. And I I think that's part of what really grates on me. I don't like any of them. They are unpleasant people to to a complete fault. But none of them are sort of in a wider story of... There's stuff going on and, you know, you're the hero. You've got to go save these people. You've got to go liberate this place. It all boils down to your personal interest and what you want. And it's a very selfish game from that perspective. It's all based on what that one individual, particularly when you get into the likes of Five, because they make decisions that you just think, why are you doing that? That that is not a sensible, but it's because they are so hell bent on what they want, and it is purely I want this, I am getting this that ultimately makes them both unlikable, but also is able to detach them from reality a little bit. They have that sort of, and I think that's probably where four falls down because Nico is is quite a flawed but realistic character. He's haunted without being tortured, and it is gritty. And I think you get like Vice City, San Andreas and Five and it's like to the other extreme of wacky but not to the point of Saints Row because Saints Row obviously heavily inspired by GTA. I was going to, yeah, I was going to come on to Saints Row in, in what you've just said there. Saints Row is different in that you are sort of this hero. You you come into it when the Saints are sort of down and out and you build that faction back up and you're not all just about your own needs. You actually want to see the other people in your your crew do well and you will go out on a limb and put your own life on the line to rescue them in certain points of the game and and yeah especially in is it I think it's the third one the last mission where you have to pick between killing off the the main enemy in the game or rescuing the girl and it plays holding out for a hero just on loop and it's very obvious that you are the hero in that story whereas yeah GTA games for the most part, you're in it for yourself. 
and screw everyone else. I mean, Tommy Vassetti, based on Scarface, who was a lunatic who was in it for himself. So it, it works in that regard and you do become ingrained in it and you you start to hate the people who are quite normal and and not the bad guy because you are the bad guy. And it does a great way of twisting your perception on things because of who you are in the story. I think if any of them could be classed as a more selfless hero, it's CJ in, in San Andreas. And I know he's still in it for himself a lot of the time, but he seems to have a more, I don't know, he seems he seems to care about other people in it more than the others do and will go out on a limb a bit more for his friends than, than the rest of them who, like you say, are just, if it's not in their best interest, they will screw anyone over. Yeah, I mean, I, despite the fact that I just said um, Nico in 4 is, is you know, the sort of the exception to the rule, he is in it for himself and he's he's an, he's a killer and he's good at what he does, but at the same time it's because of where he's come from and it sort of juxtaposes it with the other GTA titles because he's like the normal guy that you see around you in every other GTA game. And he's looking at everyone else who is quite obviously a nutter or a psychopath. And he's looking at them thinking, Jesus Christ, what have I got myself involved in here? Whereas in the other GTA games, you're the psychopath. And all the normal people around you are going, Jesus Christ, what's wrong with him? So, yeah, it's quite nice. But I think that's why GTA 4's probably doesn't get as much recognition. Yeah. I mean, I, as I say, going back to Vice City, it was my favourite. And I don't remember a single storyline in it. I, I don't. I, I obviously finished it, start to finish. But the actual storylines in it don't stay in my memory. It's more the when you go around and just do stuff for yourself, you ignore the missions, you just drive around, you try and find nicer cars, you just do stuff for a laugh and that's the bit in in vice city that really sticks in my head that it had good open roads and and areas to drive in it had good vehicles to drive on the roads in and the storyline i I recall being decent even though i don't remember most of it i remember the last mission uh, and i remember there being like a texan land magnate who you have to screw over at one point when he's got like a building site and i remember shooting my way around that and that is it in terms of missions on on Vice City, I think there's a nightclub with a British bloke in it that sort of rings a bell, but that's that is literally where my knowledge of the missions ends, and all I remember is just having loads of fun with it. But yeah, it's it's got massive influences from just loads of eighties media. So as I said, Tommy Vassetti's based on Scarface. You've got Reservoir Dogs influence because he looks like one of the characters. From Reservoir Dogs, even though he's based on a character from Scarface. Miami Vice, obviously, because where it's set and what time period it's set. I think Burt Reynolds is in it as Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah, I, I think, think he's actually yeah, he Smokey is. and the Bandit in it. Godfather, obviously, because there's the the mob boss who wants to muscle in on the drug trade. Uh, and Carlito's Way, I think, was the other one that got mentioned when I was looking through the Retro Gamer book. So it's got all these 80s movie influences and then the soundtrack is just out of this world. I mean, GTA soundtracks are 99% of the time amazing. It's one of the things that makes the game. And that's what Saints Row always struggled to compete with. Saints Row, probably better games, I think, personally, because the controls are tighter, they're more fun, they don't take themselves too seriously, especially as the series goes on. 
and I just had a lot more fun playing Saints Row games than I did GTA ones. But the one thing that always let them down is the soundtracks aren't anywhere near as good. And I think Saints Row 1 or maybe Saints Row 2 on Xbox, you could put your own soundtrack into it. So if you had music on your Xbox 360, you could make your own radio channel. And it was quite clever because it wasn't just like turning a playlist on. You built a playlist and then it played on loop like a radio station would. So you get in the car at a certain point in time and it would be a certain song in the playlist. And it just looped around constantly. So that's one of the things that Saints Row did well until Xbox sort of put this big stop on using your own music in games. I assume that was an issue to do with the rise of streaming because... People were then using their own music in videos and, and people weren't happy about it. But yeah, soundtracks on GTA are always... And not just the soundtracks, even like the talk radio stations yeah. where they've had like... I think they've had Axl Rose doing one, haven't they, in one game and they always seem to get a celebrity to do the talk stations and they're even they're really fun to listen to if you're on a, a drive from one side of the map to the other and you're going to get to listen to a good chunk of them. That's like a good way to do it. But moving on to... Uh, San Andreas, so 2004, and this is much further down the list at 85. I don't have a lot of memories of San Andreas apart from the day it came out because I was at uni and my flatmate was really into GTA and he'd gone to queue up outside Game Station at midnight to get his copy. And I remember him getting back to the flat at about 20 past 12 with this copy of GTA San Andreas. And for some reason, we played it on my, uh, my PlayStation instead of his. So I had the save file on my memory card and then he had to like go through the rigmarole of transferring it. But we played it all night and all morning because neither of us had any lectures the next day. So we just binged it. And I'd say we probably did about 25% of it in that first couple, uh, first day. But I didn't mind San Andreas. I just, the story didn't grip me and I, there's certain elements to that game I really don't like. Yeah, I, I was going to pick up on the story, to be honest with you, because it starts out as this sort of really realistic representation of life in the ghetto, essentially. And then halfway through, it just sort of, you get run out of town, I think, and then it just completely changes in track. And you end up meeting, like, your traditional GTA oddball characters and... It just weird the shift from gritty realism to almost borderline Saints Row, yeah, level madcap antics, um, and it, it it's just a complete left turn really, and it comes out of nowhere as well. It's not like it builds up to it. It literally goes, oh, gritty realism, everyone's horrible and depressed, and look over here, more fun, yay, carry on enjoy the rest of the game and it's just odd i think there's the the infamous mission is the one where you have to jump onto the back of the train on the motorbike isn't it yeah and i remember that being an absolute nightmare to do but there are other missions in that game as well that aren't easy and it was very easy to get frustrated with some of them i remember one where you have to like storm a casino i think that's in the second half the wacky half as you put it and you storm this big casino just in the middle of nowhere and the amount of enemies you have to pick through to to get into the casino just to get into it and then there's a million more inside and and like you say the cover system was developing but it wasn't what we know as a cover system now and it was very easy to just get picked off and have to do 
again, a big drive to start off with to get to the location and go through all that again. So, yeah, San Andreas was, it's not a high point for me. I don't mind it. And when the remaster came out, I was looking forward to playing it until they completely trashed the the definitive edition, again, in air quotes. It was the fact that they released it as the definitive edition and then deleted every other version off Steam. So unless you'd previously purchased it, you couldn't then download the unshitted version that they released <laughs> for a premium price as a definitive version. Because all they did was they just upped the lighting engine and they smoothed off a load of textures, didn't they, essentially? And the, the sound still sounds super compressed and it looks like arse. Yeah, it's full of glitches. The sound's not great. The Whatever they did broke the rain effect. So the rain effect sits in front of the screen now, so you just can't see anything when it's raining. I remember that. I think they've fixed a lot of this now, haven't they? Because this is going back a few years. But it's just another yeah. example of releasing something that that makes you think, how did this get through testing? Who sat there in testing and played it and went, yep, that's better than the originals are, because it isn't. And uh, it just baffles me. But that, that was the reason I've not gone back and played San Andreas, because I thought I'd play it on that, and then it just wasn't worth playing. The other thing I don't really like about San Andreas, and it's a small point, they introduced the whole, if you eat too much food, you get fat, and then you have to go to the gym and work it off mechanic, and I don't get what that benefits anyone. It was a very strange thing to introduce. Yeah, I was going to bring that up, because it did bring a lot to the series, but it brought a lot that wasn't then carried on. Because it introduced swim, being able to swim as a character, which I find mm. odd that Vice City didn't have because it's Miami and it's like 60% water. <laughs> yeah. so, so you're in missions and you're running along the side of a river and you thought, oh, if I could just jump over this railing, oh no, I'm dead. Um, whereas San Andreas, you could swim in it. And it introduced, like like you say, sort of RPG mechanics where if you wanted to flirt with women, they had a, a type of in their boyfriends, and if you weren't that type, say if they wanted someone that was more muscly, you could literally go away and do a weightlifting minigame to bulk yourself out, or if you ate too much food, you put on weight, and I think it blocks your progress. If you don't swim enough to up your swimming stat, you can't progress in the game because there are certain levels that require a certain level of skill in swimming. So it just sort of dropped these RPG elements in out of nowhere. It gave you customizable characters as well for the first time, which I didn't realize. I thought that was just, it wasn't a thing in GTA, but apparently San Andreas, you could customize your character. I didn't know that. I know you could dress them and stuff. I didn't know you could change. Yeah, no, it was like like a physical features. Character creator. I was Mm. a bit, oh. It's interesting. I just remember that if you went to like Clucking Bell or whatever they're called and ate too many bits of food you got fat and it it affected your stamina didn't it so if you were running and you were fat you'd get out of breath quicker and and i just didn't get what the benefit was because as far as i'm aware there wasn't that much benefit to eating food no i think did you did it did that build your stamina up or fill your health up or something like that i think it filled your health it was very minimal like why you'd ever go and do that to the point where you get fat and then the game would be harder for you to play after that point yeah, is this the one that where that meme comes from with the I'll have a number nine? Yeah, yeah. A, a number nine large with extra dip. Uh, yeah. Big smoke, I think he's called. Yeah, that's the one. Another thing that 
San Andreas is infamous for is the the hot coffee, <laughs> which we'd be remiss not to mention. Although we'll have to skirt around it a little bit, given we're a PG podcast. Uh, but yeah, they they built in a, an essentially a mechanic where you could sleep with your girlfriends, didn't they? If if you played your cards right, as it were. And from what I understand, it was fairly controllable in what you could do. And then at the last minute, they decided, we need to strip this out. This isn't going to go over well. But they didn't strip it out. They just blocked it. So it was very easy to just reactivate. Yeah, so essentially, yes. it They replaced it with a fade-out, fade-up thing. So you got to that point in your particular love storyline, and you got a fade-out, fade-up, that was it. However, yeah, a load of modding websites released like a patch, <laughs> technically, that just switched it from tame to completely raunchy sex scene and then obviously the nanny states of the world kicked off because how dare you put this sort of content in our honest to god murder simulator that grand theft auto can become failing to really sort of recognize the point that if any child is able to go onto a website (laughs) and download the patch they're either really unlucky or they are just so unflinchingly dishonest. <laughs> but yes, that that kicked off a whole whole mess of trouble for uh, Rockstar. Did hot coffee? I don't get who it was built for either, because people are still quite polygonal in in San Andreas. I mean, if they put that mode in in five, I'd question who was enjoying that part of the game. But in San Andreas, even more so. I mean, all the characters look like mannequins, pretty much. Yeah. So I can't imagine it was raunchy in inverted commas as you put it. I can't imagine it, many people getting off on it. It was just a strange thing that it's almost like they built it for shock value and then went, "Oh, we best pull this out, but we'll leave it in just in case somebody wants to try and find it." And sure enough, because yeah. that's what people do. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I mean, even Hillary Clinton got involved in it in the sort of the maintaining the ESRB rating of um, games. And apparently they they then started, once San Andreas had been and gone, they then turned their ire on Bully, another Rockstar title that got released. And they, without having played it or even seen any footage of it, outrageously claimed that it was a, a poorly thought out tribute to the Columbine Massacre was what they were picketing against it for. And it's like, well, one, it's more like a British private school. There's not actually that much bullying in it at all. In fact, I think the in- the UK version comes under the Latin title, which yeah, I Yeah, it does, remember. yeah. Canis Canim Edit, I believe. That's the one. But I think they didn't they dis- decide that he was the bully, whereas if you've actually yes. played it, you'll realise you're the one getting bullied by other people, if anything. I really, I remember being really excited for Bully because there was a game on Commodore 64 called School Days, spelt with a Z, like days as in dazed. And that was similar. You were a kid in school and you had to go to lessons on time else you got in trouble. But when you're in lessons, you could write rude stuff on the chalkboard and, and you could fire a slingshot at teachers when the back was turned and all that kind of thing. It was very rudimentary, but it sounded to me like Bully was what I always imagined that game was when I was playing it, like fleshed out. And then, I don't know, I wasn't disappointed with Bully. I just didn't play it as much as I thought I would do. 
I still enjoyed it, but it was just, I don't know, I think I've, I'd built it up to be more in my head before I started playing it. Yeah, it always, I never properly played it. It always looked to me like it was the first bit of Fable. Mm. So, you know, when you're the little kid running around kicking chickens, it, that is all it reminded me of, but set in a school. Yeah, and on the back of that, they filed a class action lawsuit against Rocksteady, uh, sorry, Rockstar, um, for people who, uh, to support people who had been affected by the nudity scene in uh, in GTA. And apparently between 2007 and 2008, which is when the class action lawsuit ended, only 2,700 people had actually laid a claim in. So it just goes to show how bothered the general populace was about this. It was just hyped up beyond... I bet 2,650 of them had never played it. Yeah. Just getting outraged for the sake of being outraged again. I haven't got much more to say on San Andreas because I didn't play it loads. I know it did a lot for the series. It, like you say, it introduced swimming. I, did it introduce boats and flight, or was that already in Vice City? Because I know at some point they introduced planes and boats, didn't they? Because they weren't in the earlier ones. I think San Andreas, the best thing you could get up to was a tank. Right. So if you got a five star wanted level, the what you got was a tank. I don't think they had stuff like helicopters yet. Because I know there was a helicopter in three, but you couldn't pilot it. You could shoot it down, but it was like a one off yeah. event. It wasn't like they were going all over the place. And then I can't remember if you could pilot boats and and helicopters in Vice City or whether that was later. But yeah, I know that you got the tanks in. Well, all of them, all of them have the tanks at five star. Going back to one, don't they? That's what come after yeah. you in the first ones. But yeah, when you get to to five, then it it's it steps up a bit in terms of what can hunt you down. Which I suppose is a good place to move on to five. Again, five. I was really excited for it. Played it to death when it first came out for about a week, and then it was one of those where I sporadically played it less and less and less. And got to the point where I didn't really know what I was doing if I turned it on. So I just never went back to it. Because I, if I went on it now, I wouldn't have a clue what mission I was on, what the controls were. Because it's been so long since I've played it. And it, it was just one of those. It, it became like a chore to turn it on because I would have to relearn it. So I just didn't. And I got into and fell out of GTA Five before the online became a big thing. I think I played GTA Online a handful of times with friends and when I played it it was you could run around in the city and you could do little mini games three of you were on bikes and one of you was in a plane with missiles and you had they had to get to a point before you shot all of them and it was all little mini games like that so you dropped in and it just kept dropping you into mini game after mini game and you just keep playing it and obviously what it's become now which is like a living breathing city full of people doing heists and and whatnot it's it's just a world apart from what I remember it being. And that's not my kind of thing. Like virtual worlds always sound really appealing to me. And then I realise that there's a 99% chance you're going to get put in with a load of assholes and have to deal with them. And like you said about the commuting thing, I've got my own boring life. I don't need to play a virtual <laughs> boring life as well. I'd rather play something that's fun. 
Yeah, and add on top of that micropayments and stuff yeah. like that for to paying real currency for a game you already own and have paid for in a shop. Yeah, I've, I've never been a massive fan of microtransactions and they are still milking GTA Online to oblivion. So, yes. Well, they're, they're just milking GTA Five in general to oblivion. I mean, I, yeah. I didn't realise until I looked at this, 2013... I didn't realise it was that long ago that it came out, and they've just released it on Game Pass like it's a big thing. It's like, oh, GTA Five now on Game Pass, and it's like, it's 10 years old. It's, it, you shouldn't be shouting so much about releasing this for free when it's 10 years old. Uh, it's, it's as bad as Skyrim. I think it's had <laughs> about as many re-releases and remasters and collected editions released as Skyrim has, to be fair. I think I'd I'd probably pick Skyrim as well. Yes, so would I. If I was to choose between the two. I do like GTA for what it is and GTA 5 the the concept it looks fantastic for a start. We've got to say that. It look for the time it came out even now it holds up. It looks brilliant. I like the concept of you there being three different characters that you can switch between at any point and see what they're doing and they sort of live their lives while you're not playing as them. So they're not just stood in a house, frozen, solid, like a mannequin. They go off and do things, and then you might drop back into them, and they'll be holding up a shop, or having a therapy session, or driving around, and you just drop in and take over them. I think that's really clever how they did that, and I think, from what I understand, that's what they're going to do with GTA 6 as well, with a female protagonist, I think, for the first time, or at least one female protagonist. Yeah, that was their big selling point um, for GTA 6. Um, so they're roughly about eight years behind Assassin's Creed. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get the whole, oh, look, we've added a female character. Right. Why couldn't you have done this eight years ago? How difficult is it to model yeah. boobs onto a onto a, uh, onto a, a character in a game? It can't be that much more work. I think as far back as Saints Row 2, you could be a female character or a male character. It's not, and that's going back to like what, mid 2000s, Saints Row 2? Because I remember distinctly they had like a, a throwaway line in it because you, in the first one, you have to be a male character. It's your character's made for you, essentially. In the second one, they introduced a huge creation editor where you can be a male or female, you can make yourself look however you want, and you come out of a prison hospital because you get exploded and you come out and they explain away the fact that you might look different as, oh, you've had plastic surgery because of the explosion. I think this is one to two. It might be two to three. But if you switch your gender and come out as a female, they make even more of a thing of it. Like, wow, you look really different. And and they sort of just put a little joke in there about it and they don't make fun of it or anything. They just literally go, oh, you've really changed since you were like here last and it's just, it's so easy to do, like you say. Why has it taken so long? And I, I do have a lot of respect for the people that do Saints Row because they even allow you to mix clothing mm. across genders. So if you want to be a six foot four, built like a brick house transsexual, you, you can. The, the character creator will allow you to do that. And it's like, good, let them do it. It's genuinely more effort for you to not do it. If you're specifically limiting 
clothes to a specific character type. I get if it's a class-based game, so you can't put on heavy armor because you're this skinny little twig of a person. Fair yeah. enough, that's fine, I get that. But specifically limiting character creation to, oh, you are female, therefore you only like to wear dresses. And, oh, you are male, and therefore you only like to wear jeans and baseball caps. Do what you want with a character creator. So massive props to like Saints Row 4 really lent into that. You could create some (laughs) really, really wacky characters for that. But that was, how long ago was Saints Row 4? Ten years ago? It's a long time, isn't it? Yeah, because there's been quite a gap to the new Saints Row even then. So yeah, it's going back some time. But And don't get me wrong, I'm not one of these people that are saber-rattling because I think that women should be front and centre in everything. Like I, I think Marvel have ruined a lot of their franchises by forcing women into front-row roles that they don't necessarily need to be in. Or like She-Hulk, pushing the agenda that this woman can do anything a man can do and more fine we get it you don't need to emasculate bruce banner in for like an hour in the first episode when he's been a hulk for 10 years and you've been one for two minutes and you can outdo everything he can do in your first go and he's had to really struggle with it we get it we know what you're pushing for but a female character in a gta game like you say not hard to do they had three characters in the last game in trevor franklin and and michael they could have made one of them female easily. Trevor could have been yeah. a lunatic woman instead of a lunatic bloke, and it changes nothing. Franklin yeah. could have been a, a girl from the streets instead of a guy. Changes very little. I know him and Michael had that father-son relationship, but it wouldn't be that hard father to change daughter. it into a father-daughter relationship. So they could have done this before now if they'd have wanted to. And yeah, I think it's good that they are doing, because representation's always a good thing. It's it's never a bad thing until they make it all about that thing. If if yeah, they went, I... we're do, if, if we're doing a GTA and it's every character and it's female, then you've gone too far. But there's nothing wrong with just making some of them so it's more like representative of a real world situation. Yeah, I I am with you on that. I have no problem. I mean, Jesus Christ, Lara Croft, that old Lara Croft, strong female character, done. Well, like, yeah, kicks ass and can do can literally do what do everything better than the boys. To be fair, Lara Croft. But when you get to sort of like new Lara Croft and she's just this whimpering little girl that has stuff happen to her, at that point it's like, oh come on, we we can do this. And to your point with the Marvel, that scene in Endgame where it's where all the women female characters band together. And it's like, th- this isn't girl power done right at all. This is literally putting it front and centre, making a cringy attempt at girl power. And it just doesn't work. It falls flat. There have been other aspects of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that have done girl power right. Scarlet Witch, for a start. Black Widow yeah, yeah. has been in it since like Iron Man 2. And that was girl power done right. And I have absolutely no agenda i have absolutely no problem with putting whatever you want into video games really but do it for the right reason don't do it just to sort of tick a box or so you can market it to more people i just i play tomb raider and i can relate to what lara croft's going through i don't need her to have a mustache (laughs) 
<laughs> for me to be able to relate to what's happening to the character, and I, I would assume vice versa. Women should be able to play video games and still be able to relate to the characters regardless of male, female, or whatever gender. It, yeah, yeah, I just yeah. don't get it. The bit in Endgame was just... It was it obviously the person who wrote it was like we're gonna have a bit where all the men fail, and then the women ride in on the white horses and push back the the bad guys, and then all the men give it the old fashioned oh well here we go again we can we can regroup now and the women have come in and done their bit so let's do our bit now and it just it felt so it was meant to be progressive but it felt like something from like the fifties in the way that they put it together and it just didn't sit right. And like you say, they've done powerful women. Like we watched the new guardians of the galaxy recently and, and like Gamora and is it Nebula? Her sister. They're like really powerful, well done female characters that don't need to be pushed front and center for you to know that they're just as good as anyone else. And I just, I I know we've, we've drifted into territory that, probably does yeah. no no place in a gaming podcast but yeah it's just it's baffling that that it's taken GTA until well i assume 2026 2027 to have a female character in it that's playable because i don't think there was one in any of the other ones not that i remember no. I, i've not played all of them i'm Chinatown Wars as a bloke as well i think isn't it that's the only one i'm on the fence about knowing who the characters are but i'm sure you're a bloke in Chinatown Wars not that you can tell because it's weird top-down well, vision yeah. that you that's like a pixel wide. Um, yeah. Granted, Rockstar haven't helped themselves in how they've portrayed women in a lot of games. <laughs> the Grand Theft Auto Five advert on the side of the bus, which was I'm a, is it um, Michael's daughter that it's supposed to be with the lollipop? I don't. I think so. Yeah, I know you're on about. And it's just it's unflattering really and it's it's sort of <laughs> aimed at the very very base male um target audience really so it's probably about time that they did sort of pull their heads out of the 1950s but do it so that it doesn't come across as condescending yeah which i think they will hopefully they'll write it properly to to be that right balance of it's it's an empowered woman but also it's not shoving it down your throat that it's an empowered woman that's better than everyone else because I, I get that it's difficult there's a fine line in in how you portray that but most go so far over that line it's unbelievable to get the point across and it's just it strikes me as lazy like again going back to She-Hulk it all just feels lazy it's like we've got this agenda that we want to push and we're just going to do it in the most base possible way they could have made that TV series without her being so in your face, without the fact being so in your face. And it would have been a really good TV show because I, I didn't hate it. To say how obvious it is, I didn't hate the show. I could see past it and, and enjoy it for what it was. But it would have been so much better if it wasn't there and it was just left to the audience to know that rather than every five minutes just cram down your throat as much as they possibly can. Yeah, and when you're trying to push that agenda, I completely respect it but in the same breath don't then put a twerking scene in <laughs> in your series it's like oh we're trying to really empower women and we're trying to push the fact that they're not just sort of sex objects and and they're not just sort of things for guys and uh, young uh, adolescent males to drool over on the same note here's a random twerking scene of two women <laughs> right well you just undid everything you were trying to do there haven't you okay bless you 
Thanks for trying there. But yeah, let's get back on track. Uh, <laughs> yeah. GTA Five. I think yeah, the the best things you can say about it, we've already said it's it looks stunning. It's got a clever way of doing the three characters. The storyline's decent enough. It's not. It finds that good middle ground of being not too easy, but not frustratingly difficult for the majority of the missions as well. Uh, which I think a lot is owed to how tight the controls are by this point in the series. And yeah, it's it's not a bad game. It, it's it's at thirty one in the list for a reason. It's a good game. It's just I don't know. It, it's almost like there's too much of it. They've made this huge, massive, sprawling environment that you can explore. But 50% of it is desert where there's not an awful lot going on. And I think that was the issue with Cyberpunk as well, except the problem with Cyberpunk is they were meant to fill that land in with other stuff and they just didn't. Whereas this is designed to be nothing. You're meant to just go and razz your car about in it for a bit and there's a few missions that go that way. It's a good place to evade the cops. There's some little Easter eggs in there if you can be bothered to drive around and find them. But yeah, it's almost too dragged out, and I'm interested to see where they go with the new one, because the new one's apparently going to be about five times bigger, but it's going to be different cities, so there's going to be Vice City in it, there's going to be a lot of different cities that you can visit, so rather than it being big swathes of wasteland, I assume it's just, I assume you're going to have to fast travel to them. You'll board a plane or something, or they'll they'll have some sort of way that you can easily get to these other areas. But this is what I was going to say about GTA London. I'd love it if they did a GTA where you could go to Europe somehow. And and we were discussing this uh, when I was in work the other day with one of the other lads who, who was into GTA. And I was like, how cool would it be if the European parts of the game were literally a nine-hour flight and if you could fast travel to them, but if you had the inclination, you could get a plane and do the journey across <laughs> to like the European cities because that's what people do on flights in, isn't it? They sit there and play those for yeah. like nine hours doing a transcontinental flight. I don't think many people would, but how cool would it be if they had that the possibility of you could get in a plane and fly over that distance and put a couple of Easter eggs in like the Bermuda Triangle that you could go and find and, and stuff like that. It'd just be so much fun to say that they'd done that, even though it doesn't add an awful lot to the game. And I'd love it if they'd do a European or a British or an English expansion or part of the map, because I think it's been too long. And they're a British company at the end of the day, aren't they? So yeah. you'd think they'd want to honour honor their roots and, and give us something... I don't know how you'd do it. I don't know if you could do the whole of England or whether it'd just be London and, and the surrounding areas or what. I don't know what the capabilities are, but you could do a scrunt, a scrunched England, I suppose, couldn't you? You could scrunch it all up yeah. so that it wasn't miles between cities or whatever. Yeah, my only concern with them saying that it's going to be even bigger than GTA Five is how consoles handle it, because... Modern games are already pushing the limits of the latest generation of consoles. And when you're looking at something like a 100 gig to 250 gig download for Call of Duty, and that's not a particularly big game, it's permanently online, so they could host it, host the content on the bloody servers for a start. But yeah, the fact that it keeps downloading patch after patch after update after update, which is which are like 10 gig a download, with a one terabyte hard drive, you quickly chew through what you've got. And I mean, PCs, you you can keep upgrading your hard drive and your memory and what have you. 
But yeah, I genuinely worry about the future of console gaming if people and companies keep pushing for bigger sandboxes. I think GTA Five is about seventy-five gig fully installed, from what I remember. So five times as big. I don't know if they'd need five times the size or whether a lot of that seventy-five gig is infrastructure that gets repeatedly used. But you think it'd be at least double. And that's a, yeah. a hefty chunk of an internal hard drive, especially when you consider that the price of the expansions for Xbox, because they do those hard drives that you can plug into the USB that work the same as the internal one, don't they? But they're like 150 quid for a, a fairly average sized one, just because of the speed they need to run at. And I've got an external hard drive attached to mine that's just a bog standard it's an external hard drive. And what I do is I put all the games that aren't, series x compatible on that and let them run from there because it makes no difference and then the other ones i run from my internal but i've got to the point now where i'm having to switch them out so if there's a game on my hard drive that i'm not going to play for a while i'll move it to the external and then install something new and yeah it's getting to the point where it's managing space and when you look at the budget end of the consoles like the lower end playstation 5s and stuff there's barely any room to install games that's that's why i went for a disc one because it sort of takes the edge off a little bit, not loads, but yeah. it takes the edge off a bit. So yeah, you're right. If games just keep getting bigger, the next generation of consoles are going to have to have terabytes worth of hard drive in them, I reckon, to accommodate for this, which pushes the price up astronomically. Yeah, yeah. I had a look at the PS5 one, uh, the hard drive expansion, um, and for a two terabyte one, it's 180 because you have to use a specific one. You can't just plug in any yeah. random. <laughs> yeah, so that'll be fun. I've, I mean, I got the bigger PS5 disc edition, and I've already had to delete stuff to install stuff. And I don't use my PS5 anywhere near as much as I do my Xbox. I think the last time I had to delete something was when I installed Hogwarts Legacy, and I had to get rid of like two other games to accommodate that one. And it wasn't a disc version, to be fair. It was the full download, but even still, uh, it's full now. So I know if I want to get a new PS5 game, I'm going to have to get rid of something. And I know you don't lose your save games and stuff, but it's just a faff, isn't it, having to reinstall it all every time? Yeah, especially with download speeds. (laughs) Yeah, especially with download speeds where I live. So yeah, that's another issue, but that's another little tangent. Back to it. We've we've covered GTAs in their entirety, so let's have a quick look, and I mean a quick look at Red Dead Redemption. I don't have a lot to say about Red Dead Redemption. It's it's never been one that's I've played the first one quite a bit. I got to a certain point in it and I think about halfway through and stopped playing it. I bought Red Dead Redemption 2 for about 45 quid, installed it, and then literally never booted it up because I just never found time to play it. So it sat on my PS4 installed and has been since the week it came out. And I've literally, I mean, if anything tells you I've got too much money, that's it. Or I had too much money at the time. I'd like to rephrase that because I don't have too much money now. But at the time, I clearly did because I paid 45 quid for a game that I literally never played. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much with you. I prefer to call it Grand Theft Horso. <laughs> to be honest with you, because it's by the same company, so yeah, it's and there's no cars. Um, but yeah, I was exactly the same. I bought uh, Red Dead Redemption Two on release because everyone went absolutely bonkers for it, and I played a bit of um, Red Dead Redemption One. Um, to be honest, it's more my jam than GTA because I like Wild West 
um, themed things. I love Serenity and Firefly, so sort of Wild West sci-fi sort of thing. And mm. I do enjoy Western films, not like the older ones, but the more modern ones, um, like Django and things like that. And yeah, I, I was really looking forward to it. And then I, I think I, I might have loaded it and I played the first 15 minutes, which is set on a snowy mountain top. And I spent the first 15 minutes not knowing which of the characters was talking. Because they all spoke in a similar voice. And there were three on horseback riding side by side. And at no point could I point to you and tell which one was my character. I couldn't tell which one I was controlling. I know you say that GTA games start slowly. But oh, yeah. Red Dead starts like glacially slow and doesn't get much quicker from what I understand. There's a lot of commuting in that game, just sitting on horse. In the one bit where you literally ride the horse for like 20 minutes in like a conversation yeah. without any sort of action or anything going on. Yeah, it, there's there's slow boil and then there is trying to set a swimming pool for, on fire with a cigarette lighter. Um, And that is definitely what Red Dead Redemption 1 and 2 is like. It's just, it's a colossally huge game. And they have sort of filled a lot of it with superfluous crap that you don't need, like cooking mini games and crap like that. And just unnecessary commutes where you just stare at a horse's backside for 20 minutes while you trot around getting occasionally knocked off your horse by mountain lions and killed because you (laughs) can't fight back quick enough. I remember not hating the first one. I remember the fun bits, like lassoing someone and tying them up and putting them on a train track, because that's what everyone does with that game. I remember one bit where you had the option of kicking someone down a well, like it was Sparta, or or <laughs> yeah. not. And I remember that being quite fun. But no, I never, I never got a lot out of Red Dead Redemption One, and I'd literally never played two, despite owning it. I don't think I ever played Red Dead Revolver, which was the the first one in the series, because that's where it gets its name from. So the sequels don't really make any sense because they're called Red Dead Redemption and you're playing a character called John Marston. Marston, sorry. Whereas in Red Dead Revolver, your character's called Red Harland. So it makes sense. It's him. Yeah. Like the the name <laughs> of the game is him, but then he's not in the other two. So why are they still called that? It, and they're not similar games either, are they? Red Dead Revolver is like levels you have a main hub town but you go and start missions and it's very linear so why they decided to carry on that franchise with a game that's not really the same in any way other than it's a western they could have just given it a different name it just that one always baffled me a bit yeah and i I think if you ask any modern fan of red dead redemption they won't even know the original exists like Red Dead Revolver, there, there won't be a there won't be a like a link made for them. I think I read through it, and the only thing that really follows through from it, other than the theme, is the Dead Eye thing, where you like target someone, you know, and it goes into slow motion. So like Vats in Fallout, but for the Wild West, yeah. and that carries through all three games. So I think it's that's the only real bit that you can tell that it follows on. And I'm pretty sure that things like Max Payne did it before Red Dead Revolver did it anyway. So is Max Payne a a Rockstar game? I I get the feeling it is, actually, yeah. They just stole it from that and let a cowboy do it instead. yeah. (laughs) I like Max Payne, but that's, that's another story for another episode. I'm sure we can talk about Max Payne at some point. I think it was the controls in Max Payne, wasn't it? The the like the diving stuff. Yeah, and it wasn't just the shooting. Yeah, 
you had like matrix bullet time sort of thing where you could and it was always funny when you completely misjudged a door so you were trying to dive <laughs> backwards through a door and you backflipped into a door frame and you ended up just sort of crumpling onto the floor it's like, <laughs> oh, that's that's what would happen if i tried to do it we de- will definitely discuss max Payne at some point in the future because that's if ever a game went from being fantastic to being absolutely awful in a short space of time it's max Payne. so we'll definitely have to cover that uh, Red Dead Redemption, though, it's one of those. I don't think I'll ever go back to the first one. Well, the second one, technically. And maybe I'll play the other one just to try and get some of my 45 quid's worth at some point if I if I dig my PS4 back out again. But it's looking unlikely, if I'm honest. I, I had a game called Gun. I don't know if you remember that. Yes. It was a PS2, I think, and it had like a yellow cover. With crossed pistols yeah yeah and i think that was a better game than red dead it was a lot more fun there seemed to be a lot more fun to it and it wasn't it was all go there wasn't all these breaks and pauses and talking it was this gang's in town go out and kill them oh the bridge needs blowing up blow it up now the bridge needs rebuilding go and find the resources for it and i really enjoyed that one i don't i don't even know how i got it i think my mum must have bought me for christmas because i wouldn't have chosen it but I really remember enjoying it quite a lot once I had got it. So yeah, if you've not checked out Gun, don't bother with Red Dead Redemption. Go and find a, a copy of Gun, which may or may not be really hard to get these days, I'm not sure. Gun can be had for just £1.99 on eBay, whereas a copy of Red Dead Revolver will set you back about 50 quid. So maybe Red Dead is the better game after all. Do you know what I think the problem is, for me anyway, with... Um stuff like Red Dead Redemption. Like you said last week with the amount of time we've got left on the planet, unless I am genuinely sort of grabbed by either it being a franchise I'm into or just the overall theming or, oh, that's a bit of a an out there idea or that's different to everything else I've ever played, I don't want to invest time into it. And it's a 200-hour game. I, I haven't got the time investment available to put into that when I could be playing like five other games that I may probably enjoy more that are shorter. No, exactly. I think that is it for me. And this is what I'm worried about with I keep forgetting the name of it. Star Starfield. That's the one. I'm worried because I want to put time into that game, but I'm worried I'm not gonna have time to put into it and I'm not gonna get into it as much as I should do. And I'm really gonna have to force myself when it comes out, to block some time out and sit and play it. I mean, maybe maybe we do a special on it or something, and that forces me to play it and get into it, and then once I'm into it, I probably will carry it on. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about that, because you get all your priorities changed, don't they? And as much as I'd love my priorities to still be sitting and gaming for five, six, seven hours a day, I just don't have the time to do it now, and it's depressing. I mean... If somebody wants to fund my lifestyle so I can do that, go and check out the Patreon page and, and get signing up. I will happily do that for you. But yeah, this day and age, it's gaming is like a luxury for us now, I suppose, rather than just being a an everyday thing. And it's, it's so annoying because back when we had all the time in the world to play on it, we didn't have enough money to buy the games. And now we've got enough money that no game is really off limits for us. We don't have the time to sit and play them. And by the time we come back round again to having the time, we won't have the 
wherewithal to do it. So we'll have the money and we'll have the time, but we'll be at an age where we don't want to play video games anymore. Or hand-eye coordination is shot to (laughs) shit and we're just like, nope, can't play this anymore. I'll just watch a Let's Play of it for five hours. Oh, I'm looking forward to those days. (laughs) (laughs) Roll on senility and retirement. That's what I say. But let's... Let's wrap this one up and and do some scores. Um, I will bring up the list. I don't know why I don't bring up the list before we start. Every episode, I have to navigate to the list. I have updated it. It is completely up to date as of me saying these words. So we should have no issues in slotting these in. We've got 32 games on the list at the minute, by the way. And only one of them is one that we've inserted, which means we've done 31 out of 100 games prior to this episode. Nearly a third. We're up to 35 with these four. For a third. So, yeah, I'll take that. Jay in the editing room here. So as it transpires, I can neither count nor construct lists very well, as I have missed quite a few off when I put together our work-in-progress top 100. We have, in fact, covered 48 games, so almost halfway. Right. How are we doing this? Are we putting them in as individual games or are we grouping some together? Because I feel like they do enough to be considered like separate entries. Yeah, I'd. it's not like Doom and Doom 2. No. It, they are very distinct from one another. They have very, very defined storylines and they're all set in different locations. And obviously one's set in the Wild West, so yeah. And obviously you've got PS2, PS4, so you've got separate console releases as well. So I think if you sat me down and I knew nothing about gaming or anything and let me play Vice City and then sat me down again and without letting me see any of the title cards or anything, let me play San Andreas, I'd probably go, oh, these are similar. I don't mm. think I'd immediately go, this is a sequel to that game. Yeah. I th- there's obviously the similarities in the way the little hood looks and things like that, but if you, especially if you played them apart, so you sat somebody down who had no prior knowledge, let them play Vice City, let them play another 20 games, and then let them play San Andreas, I don't think they'd immediately go, oh, this is a sequel to that one I played at the start. Yeah. That's how different they are in the way that they've, styled it and and done all the different storylines and characters and they are completely separate games to each other they just run on the same engine i mean if you got rid of the grand theft auto bit at the beginning and released them as vice city and san andreas as two completely separate franchises i think it'd still work so i think we'd be doing a disservice to group them together so we'll do them separately we'll do red dead first because it's so far removed from everything else they've got it at 71 I mean, like I say, I've got no love loss for Red Dead. I'd probably put it in around where Super Mario Galaxy 1 and 2 is, because that's the same. It's a game that I've played and I've enjoyed, but I have no love or inclination to go back to. So that's at 68. Right. Under that, you've got Castlevania Symphony of the Night, which I'd probably put Red Dead above in terms of how much I enjoyed playing it. So, I mean, we could go 66. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine by me. So let's stick that as a 66. Let's do it Do it chronologically. Vice City first. So I like Vice City more than you, evidently. I would put it 
probably mid 70s. Okay. That's where I'd be looking to pitch it. So we've got like Streets of Rage 1 and 2 at 78, Doom 1 and 2 at 78, Crash and Spyro 77, Shadow of the Colossus 76. I guess you wouldn't put it above Shadow of the Colossus. No. I wouldn't put any of them above Shadow of the Colossus, to be fair. But that's my own personal enjoyment. Elder Scrolls Oblivion 75, I don't think I'd put it above that. No. Super Metroid Mass Effect, I mean, we're all bunched up in the 70s. Pokemon Sonic 1 for the Mega Drive, and then Pokemon Gold, Silver and Crystal. Where would you put it regards that? I'd put it above Sonic 1, I would say. Fair. So if we look at... If we said 73... That I'd put it above Fallout 3 and Sonic 1 and it'd be on par with Mass Effect 2, which I think given how we feel about it and I'm quite keen on it and you're not so keen, that's probably a fair place to put it. Yeah, fine. So we'll tie it with Mass Effect 2 73. San Andreas takes a dip for me because, as I say, I wasn't particularly interested in it. Put it, I don't know, around the... Would I put it above Red Dead? Probably. Just. Hmm. So 67, just give it one more point. Oh yeah, give it that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we're going to get criticised for this, but it's our personal opinions at the end of the day, I suppose. Now, GTA V, I would give higher just because of how good it looks, how different they made it from the others, and and how it is a good game. There's no getting away from it. I know we probably didn't get as much out of it as a lot of people, but it is objectively a really good game, and it the fact that it released in 2013 and there's still like swarms of people playing it now yeah i think it deserves a few a few marks for that and like i say when it first came out i played it religiously for about 2 weeks non-stop so it it was good enough to grip me into the point that i got practically to the end of the game in in the space of about 2 weeks so i never actually quite finished it but i got right up there in the last couple of missions um, and did a hell of a load of side missions as well. So I'd be—I know you said you wouldn't put it above Shadow of the Colossus, but I would. So in terms of coming to an agreement on where we put this, I—I'd put it above. I—I I wouldn't put it above Shadow of the Colossus in terms of personal opinion. However, if yeah. you look at the hype behind it and how long that hype lasted, this wasn't a flash in the pan like normal games get oh this game's coming out it's kind of up there with hogwarts legacy that it's been a thing people have wanted for a long time and when it got announced people went bonkers for it when it came out people went nuts for it and people are still finding things and doing things and modding it and stuff like that to the point where it's it's just become sort of ingrained in culture, really, in gaming culture yeah. in particular. Um, so I can appreciate it for what it is. Shadow of the Colossus is incredibly niche, and just because I got enjoyment out of it doesn't necessarily mean it is a better game than GTA V. I'm more than willing to accept that. If I said to put GTA V on par with Halo at 82, what would you say? Uh, again... I could see it from a, a similar influence perspective because Halo, mm. the impact that Halo had, and then uh, again as the series, yeah, Mass Mass Effect, uh, Mass Effect, um, <laughs> GTA would definitely be on a par with that. It's sort of one of those big bang games that 
when it gets talked about or when it gets announced, there's a massive drive of hype behind it outside anything yeah. else you'd get for any other game hype. See, we've got available slots above Halo, but I don't want to put it above Halo, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think on par with it at 82. I mean, I know there's people out there that are going to say, how can you not put GTA 5 in the 90s at least? And yeah, on pure impact, and like you say, the fact that people are still playing it 10 years down the line, it probably deserves to be in the 90s on a completely unbiased opinion. But the fact that neither of us absolutely love it and there are games in this list that we do really love i think we've got to accommodate for that as well and we've probably given it a little bit higher than we both really would agree on from a personal perspective but just because of what it has done and and the longevity of it i think it deserves to be where we've put it i have got an unfortunate gut feeling that when we get to some of the last entries in this list we are going to end up shunting several, all of the titles below them down yeah. by a couple of points to accommodate them so we can fit them in, in terms of this is my all-time favourite game or this is how highly I rank this particular game and these are all the ones that are just below it, not quite on a par, but then it will have a knock-on effect and shunt everything else downwards. I, I kind of get that as a feeling because I think we've gone too high too early with some of these. With some stuff, yeah. So in that case, we'll give it, as all the scores are, a provisional 82. There you go. And there's a good chance, as you say, when we get to it, some of these may move. We moved a few last last episode, I think, uh, or the episode before to accommodate, and I think that, like you say, is probably going to happen again. But for now, we will slot it in there. And as I say, it's our list. I don't know. If there are people out there getting agitated because we're changing the list around, I don't know why. You need to go out go out and get some fresh air because it's literally our list on a website page it doesn't mean anything at the end of the day it's just what we believe so yeah if that is really upsetting you we apologize but unfortunately it's what's going to happen because our very nature is indecisive so (laughs) we're putting stuff in putting stuff in with no definitive idea that that's where it's going to stay and depending on what mood you catch us in we might give things different ratings (laughs) So say, yeah, if, think... we were, if we were professional, we'd have probably mapped this all out prior to doing this list, but we didn't. Yeah, that's the point. We probably could have done all this and then just come <laughs> on and pretended. But yeah. we haven't. We've kept it real for people. Uh, so when you hear us <laughs> genuinely struggling to score some of these, especially as the list goes on, at least know that we've done it for you and we've kept it real and not scripted any of this. I mean, it's fairly obvious we don't script this. But just in case yeah. you were wondering, we yeah. definitely don't. I'm, I might cut the odd word out in the edit, but 90%, 99% of this is unscripted tosh that's coming out of our mouths. <laughs> so with those in the books, I did have other stuff to talk about, but we've gone to like 120-odd already, and I've got to edit this. So again, I'm going to try and cut it off at a reasonable time. So all that's left for me to say is thank you to our Patreons. So if you want to join our Patreons, you can head to patreon.com slash bucketlistgamers and sign up there. There are varying tiers. Anything above, well, the Bucket Kicker tier and above gets all the additional content. Uh, But if you just want to subscribe to the Couple of Coins tier, you might get your name shouted out in a video and it does all help. So our Patreons, we've got Lee in the Couple of Coins tier. We've got 
I'm going to do it the other way around this week. Dino Dini and the Sweaty Llama in the Bucket Kickers tier. And we've got Atropos in the Avatarnish tier right up at the top there. And he did get his avatar last week and I have put it on the Facebook page. So if you want to see what you could get for signing up to that level, go and check it out. It is brilliant. Our, uh, our designer Paul's done a brilliant job with it. You won't know how good it is because you won't have seen the person it's drawn based on because this picture's not on there. But trust me when I say it is spot on. And I think that pretty much brings us to the end of this Rockstar special, which, again, we, we start every episode saying, how are we going to get an hour out of this? And then invariably end up being massively over each episode. I I think we were probably... I think we were probably stung with our overconfidence for Portal. I think, I think we <laughs> went into that with like, oh, I can easily get an hour out of this. After 10 minutes you go, oh, I've covered it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, Portal was a slog. That day was a, a slog trying to, to to drag that out into an hour. Yeah, this this one wasn't too bad in the end. There's a lot you can say about GTA, isn't there? We've probably not even scratched the surface. And if we can find someone that likes GTA, we might get them on to do a guest guest spot and then actually talk. have somebody who can talk a little bit more positively. Because as I say, I do like the games, but I don't absolutely adore them. And I think you're probably in a similar boat. Yeah. So yeah, thanks to our patrons, by the way, for voting for GTA. I'm forever thankful that you could have voted for Shenmue and you didn't. So at least I, it feels like I've got a little bit of love out there. The fact that people didn't just throw me in the deep end and chuck me in Shenmue. So yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. We we might do another one of those polls at some point, but I think we'll leave it for a while and pick a couple that we want to do first because the list is fast filling up with either games we absolutely adore or games we can't stand or have very little to say about. So it's getting tougher and tougher. But yeah, a third of the way through, one day we will be able to talk about what we like. So that's always a positive. I don't think that's bad. 21 weeks and we're already over a third of the way through. I I think that's good going, to be honest with you. And the fact people are still listening after 21 weeks of this is uh, yeah. is always humbling. Yeah, you mad bastards. Uh, <laughs> it's the only thing I can say, really. But yeah. Thank you to everyone that listens. Thanks to those that subscribe on Patreon. Thanks to everyone who likes and shares on Facebook and Instagram and all that. Uh, we've had quite a few new Instagram followers, so hello to you and thank you for following us if you're listening to this. And we will be back, as always, hopefully, next week with another episode. We're keeping you on edge. It's a mystery as to what it is. But for now, I will say that's goodbye from me. And that's goodbye from me. (laughs) 